Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Are you experiencing boredom in your life? You know, I hear that a lot. You're just bored. You want to remove the boredom from your life? Yeah, I'm going to tell you how. We're going to talk about that and more in today's edition of 48 Days Online Radio. Today's sponsor is Audible.com. They have more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products at this point. Over 180,000. You can get a free audiobook of your choice at audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. And you know I'm going to be recommending a particular book or two as we go along today. Hang with us. Here's some of the questions that we're going to be talking about today. Dan, how about a book titled 48 Days to the Wife You Love? Now, you know, there's a theme that we've been talking about the last few weeks. I got some more comments on that. How about that? A book titled 48 Days to the Wife You Love. Well, that sounds good to me. I've got seven job seeker positive affirmations for you. We'll be talking about those daily positive affirmations if you're in the job seeking mode. Dan, what questions would you or do you ask other professionals in your field? Dan, can I go after the forbidden rose in the glass case that I've been too afraid to approach, but love admiring from afar? Don't you love that? Just the visual image, the forbidden rose in the glass case. Is that what you want to do? But you've been afraid to approach it? Well, that's one of the questions we've got. Well, our quotation is actually just one that I have told people repeatedly. And that is, if you're not trying something right now where you have the strong possibility of failure, your life will be boring. So you see how that works. If you're bored, it may be because you're not trying anything where you have the possibility of failure. Want to remove the boredom? Build in some excitement? Hey, I love to do those things where I'm not sure I can accomplish it or I may fail. A couple quick things here, just kind of news updates. The average hourly wage rate for college graduates in 2015 is $17.94. Now that's down um, about 3% from 15 years ago when the rate was $18.41. Now that kind of speaks to the fact that the college degree does not have the value that it once did. You hear us talk about that a lot on here. So be careful about chasing the college degree. You may be able to use your skills as a carpenter or an auto mechanic without going to college and make three times what the average is for a college grad. Well, we continue talking about that and got a lot more to come. Things we're working on that I'm excited about sharing in the next couple months, 10 hours. That's the amount of time an average office worker spends sitting in a day, according to a new study. And researchers go on to say this sedentary lifestyle is dangerous, citing links between seated office work and the leading causes of morbidity and mortality. Comes from the Washington Post. And we got a new resource for you out there. We had a lot of fun with this the other night. We sent out a, just sent out a little note that here are Dan's eight keys to starting a new business. 
You know, we do things like this periodically just to see what you're interested in. And frankly, this gets a whole lot more response than trying to find a job. Now, we still address those questions here. We always have questions about finding a job. 48 Days to the Work You Love has a very thorough process laid out about a job search. But it's obviously obvious that a lot of you podcast listeners are interested in things that are more outside the norm, things that are more in the non-traditional, creative, entrepreneurial kind of side. So we got eight keys to starting a new business. Here's the link. Go to 48days.com slash start, S-T-E-R-T. We sent that out the other night. It had 1,001 people um, before morning came, so in about eight hours. So we know that's a hot topic. Go to 48days.com slash start. Now, we talk a lot about, I'm, I'm, I've just got some things I want to share here a little bit, and then we'll go into our success stories and then the questions for today, whatever we have time for. I just want to share some things, though, that just uh, get my interest and I think are worthy of passing along. The Jewish philosopher and rabbi Moses Maimonides said that the best charity you could ever give is to teach someone a marketable skill and how to work. In the 12th century, he recognized that continually giving people a handout cripples them, takes away their dignity and turns them into house pets. Now, that was sent to us by one of my listeners, but I thought, what a great what a great comment. The best charity you could ever give is to teach someone a marketable skill on how to work. Sometimes we hurt the very people we're trying to help by the things that we do, thinking that we're helping when no, we're just teaching them to be dependent. Sad kind of phenomenon. Hey, I want to remind you of the 10 characteristics that you, the listeners, sent in when we talked about Think and Grow Rich. Now, how do you get rich? 10 characteristics. I just thought it was time to remind us of what those were that came from you, the listeners. Number one, expect success. Number two, create a clear plan. Number three, work hard. Number four, avoid debt. That's crept in there. Number five, be teachable and a lifelong learner. Number six, exercise self-control, persistence, and delayed gratification. Number seven, accept personal responsibility. Number eight, keep good company. Number nine, be opportunity conscious. And number 10, enjoy the present, but plan for the future. Great points. Now, I do have a book to recommend. Again, remember, if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, you can get it. And my book recommendation for today is The Millionaire Mind by Thomas Stanley. Now, it's been around a while. It came out in 2000, but it's timeless principles for why people end up successful. Dr. Stanley, who recently died in an auto accident, he had a, uh, driving his Corvette and had an accident and died, unfortunately. Um, great man, academician, shared a lot of research in his books, but The Millionaire Mind is one of my favorites. He talked to a deck of millionaires and tried to figure out why they are successful. Got some points that I'll share a little bit later that come out of that, but go to go there. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. And you can be linked right to the book, the millionaire mind, put that in the search engine. If you're not yet a member, you can get that book absolutely free. You can be a member for 30 days, just a free trial. If you just sign up there at audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. Now here's some success stories. We've got a bunch of them. And of course I always welcome those, but um, Alan West, he commented on one of the groups on 48days.net, the group for military veterans. 
He says, hi, everyone. I just wanted to share with the group that I was recently approached by the military social media site RallyPoint to write for their command post blog. This opportunity came to me by being active on this site and in the forums. This will be unlike the technology content that I post on my blog. I'm really excited. They've been chosen to share my writing with others in the RallyPoint community. Now, a lot of people that you hear about in our success stories are just people who took simple action as a result of hearing others here in the 48 days community or coming to one of our events. This comes from Amy Flatt, who just came to our coaching with excellence group. Alan Jackson stopped in. Now Alan's been very active in the 48 days.net community for years. He leads the jump group and a couple others there, but you'll see him commenting. He's one of those that's active there. And that's what you do. If you want to develop a name for yourself, develop your reputation and also find the new opportunities. Anyway, Alan stopped in. I had him just share for just a few minutes, but he was just great just to kind of update people on what he's doing, the opportunities that are coming his way as a result of engaging with other people in the community. So Amy says, since I met you, Alan, I have made contacts, recorded and mixed my second podcast, created a website, educationalconsultants.com. Really cute play on words there. Amy did E-D-G-E hyphen educational. So it's educational, but a little play on the words there. So it gives somebody an edge, but uh, she got her website up, connected with another domain name, completed a manuscript for an ebook, opened a business banking account, started a Facebook page. And she goes on, she says, there are three things I'm still trying to figure out. Google analytics, MailChimp, creating value in an online group so I can monetize that and how to find that first client. But she was just here. I mean, that was two weeks ago and she's already done all those things to position herself as a serious player, as an educational consultant. And we know where she's going to go. We'll hear from her again, believe me. Now, this comes from Ofer Kedar Hafetz. I'm sure I mutilated your name, Ofer, but anyway, appreciate your comments. You're being very active there in the 48 Days community. And in the marketing and promotion, he shared this. He said, in January of 2015, Again, we just hit June. So in January, 2015, we opened our business, hit the ground running. We opened the business, quickly realized how unprepared we were. The workshops we planned to do for brand recognition with making a few bucks on the side became our main line of revenue. So it wasn't just doing the cooking, baking that he and his wife were doing, but it was doing the little workshops for brand recognition that they had the most response to. We did not guess that the combination of of my wife's teaching experience and baking skills would find a hungry market. We signed up for a series of workshops before we even knew what we'd do in them. We were asked to do birthday parties and we needed to quickly come up with a format for kids. We wanted to sell traditional baked goods in Jewish holidays. And in one holiday we sold out like crazy. At that time we had or had got news on more stuff we do, more products to sell, more markets to approach, different variations to try. Till finally my wife told me to shut up because May has been our busiest month ever and she needed to focus on orders and workshops. Uh, We're planning to do more planning in June. In June, we'll talk about new markets, new products. We'll complete the website and plan 2016 to be our best year ever. I can't wait for June to come. And he signs off. Their their business name is Baking Smiles. Isn't that a cool name? Baking Smiles out of Alpharetta, Georgia. Denise Medija was also at Coaching with Excellence. Now, she came in January she said, I attended January coaching with excellence, loved every minute up. I've been so blessed as I read all the posts from those who attended 
in May. Thanks for sharing and for the input. I'm still figuring out the coaching side of my business. I wanted to share an article about my business that was just featured in the Tulsa People Magazine, June issue. I've already gotten calls and emails requesting information about what I do and how I can help people. Grateful for the free publicity. Now, here's somebody who just got clear on what it was she was going to do. And when we talk about people who come to Coaching with Excellence, you know, they're not all people who are doing career coaching or life coaching. Denise is a food person. The person we just heard from Ofar is a food person. They're doing coaching in the food arena. We have people who come who want to be gardening coaches or you know, craft coaches or creativity coaches. But in the, in the magazine that Denise was just featured in, in the Tulsa People magazine, the title was Veducating Tulsa. Another play on the term educating, veducating, V-E-G-U-Ucating Tulsa. She's the owner of Raw Intentions. She answers questions. She has individual coaching and group classes, educates clients about the benefits of a plant-based diet. She discovered that raw food and lifestyle after her own health crisis, after years of stress and coping with major life events had taken their toll, she suffered from chronic insomnia, chronic sinus infections, depression, anxiety, migraines, elevated glucose, cholesterol, and blood pressure issues. And then somebody suggested a raw diet. So in a desperate attempt to feel better, she gave it a try. The change was so immediate and profound, she still remembers the day she started. She says, I changed my lifestyle five years ago on March 7th, 2010. Now she's teaching, she's doing courses. She's got a line of raw food that's already carried at Petty's Fine Foods on Utica Square. Um, I'll get a list of what her foods are. She also organizes raw food themed parties in people's homes. I mean, I want to just give you some examples here of people who have just jumped in the game. They got involved doing things that drew out of their own personal experience and knowledge, things that had impacted them. That's usually where people coach most effectively. Jared Buckley says, this is a one and a half year recap. Now listen to this. This is really cool. For the past year, I've been exploring what God has been calling me to do. During the process, Dan, you've been my instrumental virtual coach. Uh, I started a window cleaning business last year after listening to your 48 days book. I'm on pace to have between a hundred and $150,000 in revenue this my second year. Now this is window cleaning on track to be between a hundred and $150,000. I still laugh at this former pastor starting a business, a window cleaning business. It's pretty comical to me, but this is far from the end result. I'm now in one of Aaron Walker's iron sharpens iron masterminds and love it. Aaron's one of their, our coaches who came to coaching with excellence launched. Golly, he's had an amazingly fast success path. I hate to share numbers with you because it's so astronomical, but anyway, uh, Jared says he's in one of Aaron's iron sharpens irons masterminds. I love it. I'll be starting my second business this month. Still not my end result. I'm looking to multiply my streams of income and then press into full-time coaching. He says, sorry for the long email and I skipped a whole bunch, but I really felt like to write this. I think you should start a new program 48 days to the wife you love. I think men would go crazy for this. I've been coaching a couple of men around this topic recently and it's a pressing need and not just for entrepreneurs, but for all husbands. He says, shoot, I would love writing the course. I'll give it to you and you can do whatever you want with it. Thank you, Dan, for everything you've done for me and my family. 
I can say it's largely been because of you and your message that I'm able to explore God's radical call in other ways for my family. Or maybe I can say it was your fault. Well, Jared, I'm delighted you've taken action. Believe me, all I can do is provide information. And as we know, information doesn't change anybody's life. There has to be understanding and application. You've been a master at doing those two second parts there, understanding and application. I love the fact that you've done the window washing business and are going to do six figures in a window washing business. How cool is that? I mean, buy a bucket and a sponge and a squeegee and you're ready to go. Not a big capital investment. People think, well, I can't get in business. I don't have a lot of money. I can't find investors. The bank won't lend me money. Doesn't matter. Start with what you have. Lots of stories confirm that's the way to do it. Now, this comes from Marcy Travis, who's also one of our 48 Days Coaches. She's in our Coaching Mastery Program, but she put together a list of job seeker daily positive affirmations. I love this. I'm going to go through them real quickly. Now, if you go to Marcy Travis, it's M-A-R-C-Y-T-R-A-V-I-S dot com, you'll see this. You can get the Job Seeker Daily Positive Affirmations. You can get her free ebook that has a few that I'm going to share here and more. But it's beautifully done. Go there and get the free ebook, MarcyTravis.com. Here's some of the things she's got. Opportunity. Today is an opportunity to step out on a new and fresh direction. I'm not stuck, but ready to explore new career paths and try new things. Number two, growth. I can reach the goals I've set for myself. I can make progress toward my goals by taking action every day. Focus. I'm not looking back, but I'm focusing on the steps ahead of me. I'm imagining my future just as I want it to be. Now, you know, you may, there's a lot of things. If we have time, I'm going to play for us a little Saturday night clip Saturday Night Live clip about positive affirmations from the old Stuart Smalley stuff that came out years ago. You may think it's hokey, but trust me, people do this and change their lives. They go through transformative experiences and change the direction, the trajectory of their life by doing these. So another one she has is provision. I have everything I need to make the changes ahead of me successfully. Belief, the challenges that I face are growth opportunities. As I lean into what I'm doing, I believe that something better is coming. Certainty, as I reflect in my life today, I realize that every experience, in every experience, there's a hidden treasure to be uncovered. Excitement, this is the most exciting time of my life and fear won't limit me. I'm shaking off fear. How would it change your life if you said those things to yourself? If you looked in the mirror in the morning and said those things to yourself, well, we know that it can work. Trust me. I'd like for you to try them. Well, with that, I, I could go on and on and on and on and on, but we're going to stop with that for today. Thanks for sending those in. The success stories that we have here are an integral part of what we're doing every, every time in the 48 Days Online radio show. You know, it doesn't matter if we spend half our time, and that would be a pretty cool balance, really. You just spend half our time listening to success stories. If you got one you want to share with me, just go to the 48days.com site. Click on Ask Dan as the link. It'll open up a little tab where you can share your success story there or just send it to me at askdan at 48days.com. Well, let's move on. Jonathan from Bellhaven, Virginia says, I viewed my wife as an naysayer. I heard only the negative words that changed when I embraced the philosophy that to be encouraged, I needed to be the encourager. Now my wife is way ahead of me of 
in believing what we can do. Looking back, I was as negative as my wife. I chose different negative expressions. We both are now becoming more intentional and building others up. It's now overwhelming the possibilities of what we can do. Well, thanks for your comments there. Now, here's the deal on that. I've talked about a few weeks ago, we talked about stay away from negative people. And I had a whole lot of people say, what if one of the negative people is my spouse? And trust me, I heard from equal numbers of men and women. What if the negative person is my spouse? But you know what I also heard, what I'm also hearing, and I want you to continue this because I'm going to tell you when we're going to address this as a theme in the podcast. Well, one of the things that really surprised me is the number of people that I'm hearing from who are saying, you know what? I'm the negative spouse. I'm the one who's negative. And again, hearing from men and women, I'm the one who's negative. I'm the one who's seeing all those things that you listed in that podcast. How can I stop doing that? And now I'm also hearing, you know, there's a lot of subtle twist in what I'm hearing. You know, people are saying, well, if he would have listened to me, you know, we wouldn't have gone through bankruptcy. But then my question is, what if you would have been supportive? May the result have been different. Now, I'm not going to jump into all this right now because I'm enjoying gathering the tons and tons of responses that you guys are giving me, just like on any other theme. So our theme is, what if you have a negative spouse? What should you do? What if you are the negative spouse? What did you do to change that? Love those stories. But I'm going to keep compiling those and I'm going to make July 3rd episode put it right next to independence day freedom day for everybody i'm going to put it right there and we'll make it i'll have i'll bring joanne on with me and we'll talk together about how do you stay away from a negative person if that negative person is your spouse how do you deal with that so keep sending me your input and just again you can go to the 48days.com site click on ask dan submit it there or you can just send it to me directly at ask dan at 48 days com. Now there is a blog that continues the theme of that, but a whole lot of you are writing to me privately and rightfully so, because you do want to stay anonymous. Believe me, we will trust that confidentiality. We won't share anybody's name to get them in trouble with a spouse who may be listening, but just send though your concepts and ideas. We'll put those together in ways that will remain anonymous, but in ways that'll help all of us move through that to be more encouraging of ourselves and of our spouses. Thank you so much for the input that you're providing. Incidentally, now I recommended a little bit ago, my book that I'm recommending today, The Millionaire Mind. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, you can get a free copy, The Millionaire Mind, phenomenal book. In that book, you'll read 48%, well, actually 49%, I got 48 in the brain, obviously, 49% of DECA millionaires, people worth at least $10 million, said having a supportive spouse was perhaps the most important factor in accounting for their financial success. That's pretty astonishing and something we need to pay attention to. Well, this comes from Ben who says, Dan, I learned about you listening to Dave Ramsey after several times of hearing him give away your books to people searching to find work that matters. I decided to look you up. Finally, I've been listening to your podcast for the past six months. Love what you're doing. I've also been listening to Dave Ramsey, Michael Hyatt, the Entree Leadership Podcast. Uh, While I can't say that I've met your challenge of doubling my income yet, I feel that I am getting closer. 
Someday I will be a full-time freelance graphic designer. Now with this in mind, I've been trying to meet with other designers and creatives in my area of Northwest Arkansas. In two weeks, I've connected with two different designers and I'm setting up meetings with them to pick their brains. The goal is to learn something from another person in my craft and of course, to build a more solid connection with them. So my question to you is, what questions would or do you ask other professionals in your field? Thanks for what you do and for encouraging me to find or create both are fitting to me as a designer work that matters. Ben, now here's some of the things and, and periodically I put together a list of questions that you would ask. Well, here's an example. Day 47 in the 48 steps, the 48 days process to finding or creating work that you love is to take a, a millionaire to lunch. Well, a lot of people ask me, gee, what should I talk about? You know, I just go there and go, duh, you know, how can I get your money? No, you need to have questions. And these are applicable if you just want to meet with somebody in your industry or profession as well. So I'll give you some of those. And I, I have kind of an ongoing list of things that I personally use when I meet with somebody who's astoundingly successful, which believe me, I still do a lot. Meet with people who are at a level of success that I want to achieve. And I meet with them and I ask questions like this. So I'll give you, Ben, I'll give you just real quickly 12 questions here. And uh, y'all, you can go back and pause and get these, or I guess I should put these together in some kind of a document. You know, that would be a great document that I can put together. Just 12 questions to ask a millionaire when you get the opportunity. How did you get started? What do you know now that you wished you'd known when you were just starting? Did you use a detailed business plan? To what do you attribute your success? Do you have a problem you're trying to solve that I could be of help? What's the most important lesson you've ever learned? What's the legacy you want to leave? What's your most important habit? How would you spend $5,000 today to improve your business? What's the most important characteristic in your life that has helped you succeed? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What's a motto or quotation that you live by? Now, those are the kind of things I would ask when you meet with other people in your profession. So there's some in there, you know, where you're not just begging, but it's where, you know, what can I help you with? I mean, that's reasonable to ask anybody as well. So, golly, great, great question. And I definitely need to put that together as some kind of a list that we can share because that is such a common question. And that's exactly the kind of list that I want to put together when I hear somebody asking me repeatedly, put together something to address that question. So we'll do that. Roy says, Dan, I'm an engineer, but I'm contracting as a technical writer due to a lack of job openings when we move to the area. And he's in Los Angeles, California. My gosh, lack of job openings in in engineering in Los Angeles. Hmm. Having a hard time getting my head around that. Anyway, um, Roy says, I love movies. I have a dream of making movies. However, I have absolutely no experience in it. I'm a high S I on the personality disc test. I have hobbies that are bringing in some cash. MC dance instructor, dancer, wedding event, DJ. All these have two legs of the stool. Neither of which is the financial affirmation. So would my vocation be to one of my loves, which would bring in the most profit if I continue knocking on doors? 
I mean, I already have the passion and the proficiency, or is it the forbidden rose in the glass case that I've been too afraid to approach, but love admiring from afar, that being making movies? How do I know? Roy, well, here's, here's the deal. I love how you frame your question here. And I love the fact that you know clearly the three legs to the stool, those being passion, talent, and money. You have to have all three if you're going to be successful in the convergence of those doing something that you really can love. Well, this is one of those cases where I would look for and solutions, not either or. I don't think that you can just walk away from the things that you're making money with now and say, well, I'm going to make movies. I mean, to me, that's, that's one of those, you know, I hear people who have been wanting to make movies for 40 years. You know, it's something that where you, you have to work your way into success. And I think that's one where the money is going to show up a little slowly as well. And even though you have the passion and talent for that, you can't just jump into that if you don't have some kind of a proven track record of generating income. So continue doing the things that you're doing now here, here, let me just give you a formula. I would encourage you to continue doing the things that you're doing now that generate income, do those well and continue generating whatever income you need, but then dedicate 10 to 12 hours a week to movie making. So you can do that without the pressure of having it making money right away, but you do it with the clear intent of doing just that making money within six months. See if you can spend 10 to 15 hours, 10 to 12 hours a week in focused work in the movie making arena and generate income in six months. If you can do that, then I think you've proven the fact that you're on the right track and you can expand that and hopefully, you know, do it full full time and boom, be the next, you know, Steven Spielberg or whoever you want to model after. Great question. Love it. Josh says, Dan, I'm interested in joining a young tech startup to see if it's a field I'm happy with. I'm wondering if you have any specific advice on tailoring your 48 days process to the startup audience. Are there any steps I should add or remove? Josh, no, no, there really aren't any steps you should add or remove. Well, perhaps there are some you should add. I got to take that back. I mean, there's certainly none that you need to remove in the process of work with any kind of a company. But if you're looking at a startup tech company, be extremely creative. I mean, look at the company culture. I mean, you can, um, like Dave Ramsey's company, you can walk through there and you know, instantly it's a place that welcomes young innovators. I mean, the tech team sits on balance balls and has the room dark. I mean, a parking lot filled with an interesting mix of cars. I love, I love to drive through the parking lot at Dave Ramsey because I know that if somebody works there, by golly, they better not have financed a car. They better have a car that's paid for. Well, the interesting thing is the cars vary dramatically. Yeah, there's some old clunkers where people are just getting started. But, you know, there's some pretty cool rides setting in the lot as well. And I know that those cars are paid for. But it helps you understand the company culture if you learn a little bit about it. I mean, if you look at a company like Google, I mean, they have a lot of, they, they offer all kinds of challenges. They get team members involved, give them a break from the normal workday. I mean, they have an annual chili cook-off competition. They have ping-pong matches, foosball tournaments, play kickball in the parking lot at any time during a given day. Uh, they have a um, they have a slide. I mean, a, a slide where you you know sit on and go down. That kind of a slide, a billiards room, and a whole lot of other fun things that people can take advantage of. So you learn to know the culture and the company that you want to be a part of, and then tailor 
your talents to be a match for something they need. Don't just say you want a job. I mean, it drives me nuts, frankly. I mean, just yesterday, I got a note from a wonderful young lady. I know her family. And she said that uh, she would like to work from home. Just wondered if we had anything that she could do to work for us. Well, that's not, I mean, she can peel potatoes for our dinner tomorrow night and, you know, we'll pay her minimum wage, I guess. But, you know, that's not a way to position yourself as having any kind of value. You need to describe clearly what it is that you are going to do to bring unique value to that young startup tech company that you want to work for. With that, rock and roll. Yeah, be creative. I mean, we talk about creative things here. I mean, you, if, if you're a graphic designer and uh, you, know, you want to get a job with a company, you may send them. I had one guy one time who sent an ear of corn and his resume was wrapped up inside the ear of corn. And you open it up, it says, oh, shoot, you know, I, I'm sure you think this is corny, but, you know, just give me your ear. We did all these play on words based on sending them an ear of corn. Well, it got him immediate attention. I mean, you think you, you think that'll stand out over the stack of resumes that they had? Yeah, absolutely. So you can be very creative when you're going after a young tech startup company. Do something to get attention and, and confirm the unique value that you're going to bring to the table. Jason says, Dan, I want to thank you for writing 48 Days, putting your awesome community together. I first heard of your book in January, and since then I started a sales training business. I joined 48days.net, had a virtual coffee with John Schober, so one of our coaches who does coffee with John, interviews people, on Friday of last week. He suggested I get active in the community, which is what I started to do right away. I've given a bunch of selling advice, and I'm happy to say a whole lot of your members have signed up for the sales training webinar the first day it was offered. I was selling the course at $19.99, but decided to offer it for free to the 48 Days community. It's our way of saying thanks and as a, as a way to help your entrepreneurs with selling tips that are truly powerful. I'd be honored if you offered this as a free resource to your listeners. The webinar is slated for 6-9. Okay, well, that's about the date this is coming out. But go check it out. I'm sure you can get information from Jason about that. So if you go to topsalescourse.com slash 48 days, it'll take you right to that. You can jump in that webinar free on how to sell if you're a small business. And believe me, that is incredibly important. You have to know how to sell. You aren't going to be. Well, that's one of those things, you know, a lot of people with technical skills start their own business and don't realize, you know, here, here's the deal. Here, here's a working formula for you. If you're great in graphic design, start your own business, then be prepared to spend 80% of your time doing graphic design. And I mean, tw- I mean, 20%, I got spend 20% of your time doing graphic design, 80% of your time marketing your services, getting out there and telling people what it is you do, talking to people who could be potential customers. Now you may cringe at that because no, you just want to sit in a cubicle and, and be a graphic designer. Well, if that's true, then keep your job. Don't try to go out on your own because it's that important. I mean, the same thing, you know, I, I tell authors and this came to me directly from the mouth of Mark Victor Hansen years ago when I was at one of his conferences 
And he said, yeah, Dan, everybody wants to write a book. He said, what I do is tell them to write a book, do a really good job, have a really great looking book with great content. Now you're 10% finished. 90% is marketing it, positioning, pricing, getting the word out to other people. 90% if you're going to be successful as an author. Well, that was great advice for me. And believe me, I took it to heart because I saw a guy who had been extremely successful doing it. So I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I figured I can write a great book. Now I'm 10% finished. So I've spent a whole lot of time trying to get other people to understand what the principles are in 48 days. And that's worked pretty well for me. There've been a lot of rewards in that. And it did go on to be a New York times bestseller and all those financial rewards that you expect from a book that does well. But it wasn't because the content was the only great content out there. It was because I spent a whole lot of time doing the 90% of the work. So understand there has to be that side. So you'll jump on any information you can get that'll help you sell better if you're starting your own business. Now this comes from Jared who says, now this is an interesting question. I want to spend a little time on kind of unpacking this. He says, this is the term value subjective. After all, I may think I am a person of value, but the deal is how the person on the receiving end perceives that value. I know a bunch of people who believe they do not have any value, which is one of the reasons we become stuck and do nothing. Any thoughts? Yeah, I've got a whole lot of thoughts on that. If you don't believe you have value, you have just cut yourself off from finding or creating work that you love. You've pushed yourself down the socioeconomic ladder where you're going to be one of these people getting minimum wage and you're screaming that you ought to be paid $15 an hour, even if you aren't doing work that has any value. That's ridiculous. Incidentally, let me talk about that at some other point. I think it's nuts to guarantee somebody $15 an hour. All it does is artificially boost up the cost of everything in our culture. You can't do that artificially unless somebody's creating value. Well, Hey, and, and can people do good work at Taco Bell or Burger King and make $15 an hour? Sure they can. I mean, where I live here in Williamson County, Tennessee, nobody's paid minimum wage. Nobody will show up for work at that. They have to pay 14, $15 an hour because the, the market demands it. And to get and keep good people, they have to do that. Well, anyway, if you don't think you have value, nobody else is going to talk you into that. You can't, an employer's not going to try to convince you of your value. Not at all. So it is going to be reason for somebody to feel stuck. And then that leads to depression, discouragement, guilt, resentment, anger. All those things come if you believe you have no value. Now, let me throw in another book recommendation here real quick. And that's going to be how to win friends and influence people. Now, that is not a book about manipulating people. That's about how to hold your head high, pull your shoulders back, and approach the world with confidence. And you do that by interacting with other people in a really positive way, remembering other people's names, you know, speaking with a smile, looking directly at them, having a good handshake. I mean, those are some of the things you'll, you'll learn in that book. And again, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days if you do not have that yet and get that book. Listen to it again and again and again. I mean, our kids listen to that. I mean, you can talk to any of my children. I mean, that book was more important for them than any book they had in their academic program. Trust me, 
I'll stand on that. There's not a book I can point to that taught them math, reading, anything, economics, geography. There's not a book that they had in their academic program that I would consider as important as how to influence and influence people. And now they're sharing that with their children. But here's some characteristics. I mean, it's easy to go through, um, Jared. It's easy to go through and list some characteristics of low self-esteem, low value, social withdrawal, anxiety, lack of social skills and self-confidence, you know, depression, bouts of sadness. I mean, those are all signs that somebody doesn't think they have value. Uh, Eating disorders, most of them stem from that. Inability to accept compliments. Now, if you catch yourself doing that, you need to pay attention and change that. If somebody says, oh, gee, that's a beautiful purse you have. Oh, I, I got it at garage sale, paid 50 cents for it. Don't do that. Just meet them with your eyes. Say, thank you so much. I don't care if you're wearing a shirt that you got at Goodwill. If somebody compliments you on it, don't discard their compliment by saying, ah, this old ratty thing, you know, I've had this for 10 years, you know, found it on the side of the road. Don't do that. Say, thank you very much. One of the key ingredients, key characteristics of people with low self-esteem and thinking they have no value, they can't accept compliments. They discard your compliment. They destroy it as soon as you give it to them. Well, accentuating the negative, another characteristic of low self-esteem, exaggerated concern over what you imagine other people think, self-neglect. I mean, boy, I cringe sometimes when I see people, how they show up just in public places. And obviously, you know, they haven't taken a shower, combed their hair, put on makeup, jewelry, you know, dress nicely. And I'm thinking, you know, I know we can be casual, but there are really other indicators of what that kind of a look is telling people. Um, A lot of worry about whether you've treated others badly, reluctance to take on new challenges. And remember our, our, our quotation for today was, uh, you want to, if you aren't doing something where you can fail, you're probably in a boring life now. Uh, reluctance to trust your own opinion, expecting little out of life for yourself. Now here's some things, how to have a healthy self-esteem. And I'm just going to, I'm going to wrap up on this one. This is important enough. I'm just going to spend a little more time on this. We're just going to wrap up on this today. Figure out what kind of negative thoughts you have about yourself. I mean, when, when you hear somebody say, ah, oh, you know, I always screw things up. I'm too stupid to get a new job. You know, I'll never get a promo- promotion. That idea, you know, nobody cares about me. I mean, write down those negative thoughts that you have. That self-talk where you're tearing yourself down, where you're telling yourself in the world how stupid, ignoramus you are. Write those things down so that you can check yourself when you hear yourself saying that get other people around you somebody you trust to help remind you when you say things that are self-destructive and then start to write down evidence that challenges those negative beliefs i mean i'm really good at crosswords you know i'm a great encourager for my sister who's going through a tough time i mean write down the positive things you know to be true about yourself you know i'm thoughtful i'm a great cook I'm someone that other people trust. You know, I'm really good at landscaping. Boy, when I write things, people always comment positively. I mean, write those things down so you have something to refer to when you are feeling discouraged. You write down those five things you have on your list. Add to it. 
add to it every time that you can. Now, I, I want to play this little clip. I, I've said earlier I might do this, and I, we've got enough time. I'm going to squeeze it in here, and then we'll wrap things up. This comes from Saturday Night Live back in, golly, the early 90s. So, I mean, we're talking 24, 25 years ago. For Some of you probably don't even remember this, but Stuart Smalley was a character. Actually, it was Al Franken. I mean, now that I think about it, it was Al Franken who has since gone on to be United States Senator from Minnesota. That's a pretty funny twist because he played a really goofy guy on Saturday Night Live. But he had this character, Stuart Smalley, and he had a very, very standard line. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and doggone it. People like me. But I want to play play the clip. These are a little bit more. We've had some affirmations early on i'm going to play a a few more for you here and then we'll end with this i deserve good things i am entitled to my share of happiness i refuse to beat myself up i am an attractive person i am fun to be with daily affirmation with Stuart smalley Stuart Smalley is a caring nurturer, a member of several 12-step programs, but not a licensed therapist. I'm going to do a terrific show today, and I'm going to help people because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Well, there you go. You can start with that. Just tell yourself, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Well funny clip, but it certainly has a valid principle there. You need to be the first person in line to affirm your value. If you don't think you have value, you're going to cut off your opportunities. Nobody else is going to try to talk you into that. So this is not about being conceited or arrogant or self-centered or narcissistic. No. I mean, if you can truly do something well, it's not arrogant to let other people know that you do that well. It's just stating the facts. Look for those things that you can do. Well, you remember how to remove the boredom out of your life. Do something where you have an opportunity to fail. I love that concept. What do you think about the book, 48 Days to the Wife You Love or 48 Days to the Husband You Love? If you got ideas about how to overcome negativity in your relationship with the one you live with, you know, shoot that to me, compiling those. And on July 3rd, podcast is going to deal totally with how do you stay away from negative people when one of those negative people may be your spouse. And if you want to go after the forbidden rose in the glass case that you've been too afraid to approach, but you love admiring it from afar. Hey, I love that concept. Identify what that is. Break the glass, man. Get the rose. Go after it. Make sure you've got all three legs to the stool in place. Talent, passion, and money. Hey, thanks for being part of this community where, in fact, we are finding or creating work that is productive, purposeful, meaningful, and profitable. Have a great week. I've had enough of this. This life is meaningless. These hours don't pay enough. This work is just so tough, I need to get away The clock is ticking, so don't delay It's gonna take your whole heart It's gonna take all you've got
God.